change another human being. But God has the power to change anybody if anybody will only connect with him. And so the connection between God and man is the son of the living God, the man, Jesus Christ. So that's what we're believing for. I'm believing for you to have a divine connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then everything about your life will change. So is anyone on the same page with me? Could you, could you believe that for yourself or for somebody else? Hallelujah. If you believe that, give the Lord a big hand clap. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead. So today, you know, we just celebrated 4th of July in America, which is uh, Independence Day and all of that. And uh, so I'm going to talk to you about freedom. Your freedom, your freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. Your freedom in Christ. And so, John 8.36 says something that you all know. When I say this, you all know this scripture. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you'll be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, you'll be what? Free, free indeed. So who is the Son? We're talk who are we talking about? Jesus. We're talking about the Son of God, Jesus the Christ. So if Jesus Christ makes you free, you'll be what? Free. Free indeed. Yeah. Now, here's what I've noticed in, 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 you know, in my short lifespan that I've lived so far. There's a, there's a lot of people who would like to be free, but are not free. But I'm here to tell you today, anybody, any place, at any time, who connects with Jesus, the Son of God, can be Free indeed. Amen. And he will set you free. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And so your freedom, what, what is the freedom we're talking about? Are we talking about uh, just that we're Americans? You know, we're, we're just Americans and we live in the land of the free, home of the brave. No, God is, the word is talking about way more. We're talking about your freedom from sin. Your deliverance and redemption that is in Jesus Christ, that you'll find only in Jesus Christ. Your freedom from sin. The starting place for freedom in, is in Christ, and it's freedom from sin. Does everybody know what sin is? You know, the Bible tells you, see, this is really interesting to me. You know, how many of you know the Old Testament, Moses, the law of Moses, you know, Ten Commandments and all that? It says sin is if you break these, these laws, these commandments. In the New Testament... It changed. Sin is now, if you know to do right and you don't, that's sin to you. So it's not based on a whole, a whole bunch of stuff that we have no concept of and we don't even know all of the, the what they call the laws of Moses, which ten, um, the Ten Commandments turned into about 635 other commandments. And who knows all of those? Nobody. But it's very simple. If you know to do good, you know to do right, and you don't do it, to you, that's sin. That's, that's sin. And so your freedom in Christ is from sin. Your deliverance and redemption is all in Jesus Christ. And your deliverance from all sin, guilt, fear, condemnation is in Christ Jesus. Let me say that again because I think I pretty much summed up what everyone suffers from on planet earth if you're a human being you suffer from the from from the consequences of sin which is guilt anyone ever felt guilty yep. 
You may be feeling guilty today. From fear and from condemnation. Your deliverance and saving from all sin, guilt, fear, and condemnation is found in Jesus Christ. Now this right here, if I can get this, this the heart of this message into you today, you are well on your way to a total, absolute life of victory. Because, because all, all defeat, all sin, all death, all failure started, it all started in one place. It all started because of Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden. And then it passed on to all mankind through the ages. And so the problem that holds you back is not your boss. It's not the pastor. It's not the church you go to. It's not your, your, your family. It's not your parents. The thing that holds you back is guilt that comes from sin, fear, And then the condemnation that comes with it all. All those things are designed to what? Push you down and keep you down. Now, in Leviticus 25.10 it says, But we are to proclaim liberty throughout the whole land to all people. So liberty and freedom from all sin, death, guilt, fear, condemnation, inferiority, that comes by proclaiming the church we're to proclaim liberty throughout the whole land. To who? All people. Everybody should hear this pro proclamation. What is a proclamation of liberty and freedom? Well, the proclamation that we, that we relate to is simply that God so loved the world that he what? He gave his what? Only begotten who? Son, that whosoever, that's all men, that's all people anywhere, that whosoever would believe on him would be saved. And then the next verse, verse 17, that comes right after that's John 3 16, says this said that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. That's the purpose of God. That's the purpose of Jesus. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit is what? Not to condemn the world. And I think this sometimes is where, where well-meaning Christians get off track. Well, how do they get off track? Because they forget Jesus came to save the world. He didn't come to condemn the world and say, you, you no good, no account, dirty, blankety blank, blankety blank, blank. Just die and just, just you ought to just be, you ought to be killed, you know. You ought to, we ought to just shoot you. You ought to, you know. Has anyone met some Christians with that attitude towards the world? You can't, you can't save someone that you're trying to kill. Right? So we have to remember, God sent his son, Jesus, to save a guilty world. And which we used to be part of that world. Do you remember? Do you, does anyone remember besides me that I was not always in this beautiful state of, of, of existence and, and perfection? Does anyone remember those days? See, I, I, I look at, see, I'm going to walk out here to see my beautiful state of existence and how, how great I am, how wonderful, how awesome. How slim, trim, and athletic. How tall, dark, and handsome. I wasn't like you. You know, just do you remember that there was a day, there was a time 
wasn't like this and you weren't like you. We were like the world. And thank God somebody cared enough about us to come and tell us that God's not here to get you. He's here to save you. Amen. You got it? Yeah. If you can catch that, then to pray and believe God for anything is simple. It's not a struggle. It's not, a, it's, it's not like, you know, most of teaching on prayer that I've heard coming up through the years was if you could just somehow get a hold of God, kind of twist his arm, wear him down, talk him into the notion of being good to you, you might some way, somehow, some, 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 by, by hook or crook, some way, get an answer to prayer. Because that's because we thought God wasn't out to help us. He was out to get us. That was my mentality. Now, has anyone ever thought that way besides me? One being one guy, man, we're flowing, aren't we? Anybody else, I mean, I felt that way. But now, once I knew that, that God didn't come to get me, He came to help me. Everything changed. And even if I'm going through a bad, a, a bad spell, a bad time, something bad's going on in my life, I never, ever think that God's out to get me and He's behind it anymore. I just know that He's for me. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? So I just say it like this. Everybody likes me. Tell your neighbor, Everybody likes you. Everybody, doesn't everybody like you? Everybody likes you because of Jesus. Everybody likes you. Even your enemies like you. They can't help it. Hallelujah. And so, we're to proclaim freedom throughout all the land and to all people. Now, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 18, you see that about, about Jesus himself. When he came, when he came in his own ministry and started, he came and says in Luke, in Luke 4, 18, he said that... That Jesus came preaching the gospel. He came proclaiming freedom. And he said it like this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach, proclaim good news to the poor. To preach is proclaiming. To preach deliverance to the captive. To set at liberty those that are free. Free those that are bruised. Preaching is to free people. Proclaiming is to free people. God wants you to know this. If you're down, he, he says someone, he wants someone to come and say, you can be lifted up. If you've done wrong, you're in the wrong, things are a mess, and you caused it all, and you know you did it, God's got good news. He's come to get you out of that and get your feet set on solid rock, on solid ground, and walk in the pathway of faith and victory in life, and, and he's up to help you turn around. Amen. And if you can't help yourself, you know, you feel at times you cannot help yourself, because there's something that compels you, then he, he wants to save you beyond just you dying and going to heaven. He wants to put a, a, a change in your heart, an experience inside you that you cannot deny that will never go away and that will change you forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the power of proclaiming freedom to all through Jesus Christ because he wants to do it. And so he's to set at liberty them that are bruised. And this is called freedom in Christ. 
And I like that, that one part there in Luke 4. Is it up on the board? There you go. To set at liberty, to free them that are bruised. Have you ever, have you ever, like, I'll tell you one of the worst things that could happen to you as far as pain is to bruise the bottom of your foot. Yeah. Anybody ever bruise the bottom of your foot? Yeah. You know, like, right here, right here. Yeah. Hold your foot up. You ever bruise that? And, and then every step you take is like, it what? It hurts. And sometimes it, it's, it's like, a, it's like I, I hurt the bottom of my foot one time, and it was like every time I took a step, it was like someone was stabbing me with a knife underneath there. You know you can't run your race when you can't hardly walk. You know it's hard to be free when you're limping. Jesus said, I've come by proclaiming freedom and I'm going to set everyone that's bruised free. Now, Jesus himself, you know, it says when he hung on, everyone knows, I think y'all know, Jesus came, he, he suffered and took our place for our sins. He died on, on what they call the cross. They nailed him up there and he died. And uh, it says that when he died, that his heel was bruised. His heel was bruised. Because his death was smashing the head of the devil, of Satan. And Satan bruised his heel at the cross. But, but a bruise is interesting. Has anyone ever had a bruise? Does a bruise bleed? It doesn't bleed on the outside. It bleeds where? On the inside. It's bleeding on the inside of the body. It's not outside bleeding. It's inside See, if it's outside, and so Jesus is looking at everybody, and he said, if you're bleeding on the outside, we can do, we can put a bandage on it, we can clean the wound, we can give you stitches, we can fix you up. That's easy to do. But how many of you know that if you're bruised on the inside, you're bleeding on the inside, to fix that, that takes a surgeon of all surgeons to get in there you. And I think sometimes uh, we've left behind the fact that people are hurting on the inside. And it's no fault of our, it's no fault, no one's to be blamed for that. Do you understand that? You can't blame anyone for that because here's why. Nobody can see inside. We don't have this x-ray machine that I stand every person up and I look inside you and see every part of you that's hurt. And how many of you know sometimes people have been hurt so long? What happens when you have a, a wound that's been there so long? What happens to it? It calluses up. It develops what? What do they call it? Scar tissue. And that's it's all covered up. And you can't even, a lot of times you can't even know you've got it anymore because it's all scarred, it's all covered up, it's all encapsulated, it's all surrounded. And you just go on because your life, your life, you have to compensate for your life, right? But God can see that. And Jesus came and he said, I am here to proclaim liberty to everybody who's been bruised and hurt on the inside. 
therapists and, and uh, counselors and people sometimes have, have good success. Sometimes, sometimes they do because people go to them and it's like a stranger. So there's no judgment. So sometimes there's a liberty or a freedom to say, you know, I got this thing and it's been bothering me ever since I was five years old. And I have never told anybody that it's hurting me. And then you can identify it and you can get healed from it. I've got good news. You can be healed on the inside of all aches and pains and hurts that limit your ability to live free in this life and enjoy your life, you can be healed right now today. Amen. Because Jesus came to set the captives free. Amen. Amen? Amen. Isn't that good? Yes. Hallelujah. I went years ago, I'm going to tell you a personal story now. I didn't plan on telling you this, but I only tell you personal things because. I'm just trying to help you see that if God rescued me, surely he would rescue you. If he could help me, he could help you, I know. Amen? And so, years and years ago, uh, I, I knew this doctor who was in Kansas City, and he was up there by the Arrowhead football stadium. And he was a like one of these, he wasn't a regular doctor, he was a D.O. and he was like a, a natural medicine and did all kinds of alternative things and all this kind of stuff. But I went to him one time. Well, first time I went to him. And we went in there for the evaluation, you know. And thank God this guy didn't make me take your clothes off. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Hallelujah. He wanted to look in your eyes and look in your ears and look at your mouth. So I think he used to be a veterinarian or something. But <laughs> you know, you can tell how a horse is doing by looking in his mouth. He must have thought I was kind of horse-like. So, but, uh, but we get in there and he starts saying, okay, what's, what's bothering you? He didn't ask me if I was sick or diseased. He just said, what bothers you in your body? He says, tell me everything. So I started and I said, well, you know, I got this knee that got, got blown out at Iowa State in 19-whatever. It bothers me. Uh, I got this shoulder that got knocked down when I was a sophomore in college. It bothers me. And I was lifting some stuff, and my back hurts down here from just getting pounded on, you know. And, and, then, and so that was all pretty obvious stuff, okay? Then he said, okay, what else? He wanted to know everything down to the littlest thing. That what? Bothered me. That hurt me. And I came out of there, and you know what I did? I told Jackie, I said, you know what? That was really refreshing that somebody wanted to know if my little finger was hurt. And why did he want to know all of that? Because he thought he could help me. Why do you go to the Lord in prayer? See, sometimes we get the idea that it's all about just speaking the Word of God and you speak the Word of God. 
But the Word of God is what tells you, take all your burdens, take all your cares, take all your hurts, take all your pain, take all your suffering, take anything that's bothered you down to your little toe and tell the Lord about it. Now, he already knows about it, but he's like a parent. He's like, how many of you got some little kids? Can't you tell when your little children are bothered or hurting or something's off their game? Can you tell that? <clears throat> can you tell that out of state? You can be out of state and I know something's going on. I can feel it. Right? But you know it. But isn't it nice when they come and say, Dad, Mom, you know, this is bothering me. And then it's so easy to help them when they come to you. God's just like your mom and dad. He wants you to come to him and tell him what's bothering you. And there's great freedom in telling the Lord about what's bothering you. And that's not complaining to God. That's being honest with God. That is what makes your faith work. Now, once you tell Him, then you have to be open to ask Him for solutions to help you. And when you're honest and you ask, he will help you. But what happens, can I, I feel like I'm really helping someone today. Are you listening? Amen. This will save your life if you catch this. But what happens if you go to God and you're just covering everything up? You never come clean. You're not lying. You're, you're, you're not fooling God. You know who you're fooling? Yourself. You're saying everything's okay and things aren't okay. It's okay to tell God, listen, everything's not okay in my life. I'm a mess. I'm a nut. I'm a freak. I'm crazy. Can you help me, Jesus? And you know, our TV and our everything mocks the preachers. And they, you know, and we, but you know, there's something really nice about saying, Jesus, can you help me? Jesus, would you help me? And yes, he would because he came down from heaven to bring heaven down to you because he knew you couldn't get up there by yourself. Amen? And he came to save you, not to kill you early. He wants you to live long and strong and healthy and happy and a good life. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to help you. And so I'm proclaiming freedom to you today that Jesus will help you. Jesus will heal everything that's in you. It's so hard to heal things that are... It's, so it's easy to heal certain things that are outside a person to fix those. But it's so much harder to heal things that are inside a person. Because they never say, look, I'm bothered. This, this, this bothers me. I'm afraid of this. Because remember, this all started in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis, if you like to read this, it's in the book of Genesis, chapter 3. And this is the story of how they had this, God had a special tree. He had a special tree, and he told, he told Adam and Eve, this is my tree. I'm giving you all the other trees. This is mine. Just don't eat off of this one. Just save this for me. That's like honoring and respecting God. So Satan came said, oh, you, you can eat that tree. No problem. God doesn't mean what he said. It's all right. You know, it'll be okay. Problem is, 
if, if God doesn't want you to eat that tree, because then you'll be more like him. And they were already created his likeness and his image. How much more could you be like God? Okay, so he lied. The devil's always lying to you. The second the devil tells you, or you get this voice or this feeling saying, well, you'll never make it. You'll always be a failure. Say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Right. Amen. Oh, well, you'll never get out of this debt. You know what? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Oh, you'll never get healed. Liar, liar, you'll never get over this. Liar, liar. But they fell for the lie. So, so Eve took it and ate it. Okay? She broke God's word. She knew she shouldn't have, but she did it. And then that's like your companions. Adam was there with her. You know what, you know what she got Adam to do? He ate it also. Now sin has, has just doubled. You got it? Watch out for those people who want you to go sin with them. And so, as soon as that happened, and sin came, they felt guilt. Now, we're to proclaim freedom from, freedom in Christ, which is freedom from sin. They felt, so you know you've got sin working because you feel what? Guilty. Guilty. Adam felt guilty. And then because he felt guilty, suddenly he knew he was naked. And because he was naked, he felt shame. He felt inferiority and shame. So now you see that, that sin has brought guilt. And then it brought another thing, it brought fear. Because then after he felt the guilt and the shame and the inferiority, you know what he did? He went and what? He hid from his father who had made him. He hid from the presence of God. He went and hid. And I'm convinced that's why so many people will not come to church. Because they think, I'm feeling guilty. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm feeling inferior. And they think, if God is really in that church, and I'm feeling this way, I don't want to go anywhere close to God. I'm not staying away. I'm staying out of that place. Anybody ever felt that? Yeah, yeah we all felt that. And so he, he, felt, he felt that. And so what did I tell you comes? It's sin. It's guilt. It's fear. And then it's condemnation. What is condemnation? It's judging someone as being guilty. It's saying you are bad and you deserve to suffer. Tell your neighbor, you've been, no, don't tell them. <laughs> and you know why I know condemnation came? Now, you know, catch this. Here's how I know condemnation came. Because God is talking to them. And you know what Adam says? He says, no, no, wait a second, I'm going to read this. I'm not going to go, I'm going to read this, I'm going to read this out of the Bible. You all need to, I'm going to read this out of the Holy Bible. And I'm going I'm to read you this. This is how condemn, you know, condemnation's working. Here's why.
And God said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, Someone say, The man said, The woman. The woman who you gave me. She gave me of the tree and I did eat. Condemnation. Accusation. Criticism. Blame. It was the woman did it. And you gave the woman to me. So it's not my fault. It's the woman's fault. And it's your fault. Do you see the process? That's condemnation. He was feeling condemned in himself because he knew he, he, he knew to do right and did wrong. So he's feeling this condemnation. So instead of just manning up, muscling up, accepting that, yeah, I did this. I, I did it. He said, the woman and God. That's why people take such joy in blaming other people for their own personal failures and blaming God that God did it. It's like all this stuff that hits like like sickness and disease and plagues, calamities, earthquakes, riots, all, any kind of bad thing that happens. There's always some numbskull that'll come along and say, well, it was God who was behind it. God did that for some mystical reason to teach us a lesson. Well, God must be a real poor teacher because we still haven't learned the lesson yet. <laughs> So that was condemnation of work. Now, I, I'm just going to bless you right now. One of the greatest things that ever blessed me, because all, I'm telling you, everything I'm telling you today is of the utmost importance to me. You say, well, why is that so important to you? Because I've lived out everything I've told you today. I've experienced every bit of it. Many, many times. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Once I met Jesus, he just started bringing me out of stuff. Impossible stuff I thought was impossible to get out of. He just started bringing me out. And the hardest thing for me to learn to do was to stop feeling guilty and ashamed and fearful over all my past failures, which I'll just call them sins. But slowly but surely, God brought me out. And I'm telling you, if you can catch hold of this, God's out to help you. He's not out to get you. You learned that. You're on your way. To a life of blessing with God. But this is one of the greatest things that saved me from the curse of sin and death. I was so ignorant of the Bible. I didn't even know anything called the curse of sin and death. That sin brought death. And it was a curse on a plague on humanity. And, and you needed to be saved. I knew none of that kind of stuff. But after I got saved, I did learn this. Romans 8, 1 and 2. If you got a Bible, look at Romans 8, 1 and 2. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. It's, it's going to be on the board there. <clears throat> there is therefore now. 
no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. If you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you are now in what the Bible calls, you're now in Christ Jesus. You're in the club. You're in the family. You're in the body. You're in the church. You're in the great company. You're in the great cloud of witnesses. You're in the right crowd. You're the right people. You're in. Say, I'm in. I'm in. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. I'm free from it. There's no condemnation for me. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation for you. And don't let someone talk you out of it because, can I share some stuff? Just five, we'll give you five more minutes. Okay. Here's what you need to know. I got that. When I got that, as a, as, a, as a young Christian, I got that. I was so happy because there's no condemnation. We used to sing songs back in the 80s. Anyone alive in the 80s? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. And then he told me, has set me free. <laughs> We'd sing that in church. And I read it and we sang it. I started believing it. And it was good news to me. It's still good news today. But then someone would say, but you gotta, you can't walk after the flesh. you got to walk after the spirit. And then they'd start putting rules and regulations on you. Well, you got to do this and you got to do that. And they, they would heap up all this stuff you had to do to stay right with God. Pretty soon, you had so much stuff. Your car I was carrying around so much stuff, staggered under the weight of it. And like, oh, I'm, I'm no, I was now in condemnation again because I wasn't doing all this stuff. So don't let anyone tell you it's about all this stuff you got to do. The walk of its spirit is just saying, Jesus did it for me. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. That's being in the spirit. There's no condemnation for me in Christ Jesus. I've been set free from the law of sin and death. Now, everything else will take care of itself. But praise God, the, the worst thing you can do for a, for yourself if you've, if, you've, if you've missed it and you've got problems is to condemn yourself. That's this puts you down. Jesus came to lift you what? Up. Someone shout up. We're going up today. Hallelujah. Somebody's getting this right now. Don't let anyone put you back into the bondage of sin and death. Jesus set you free with it, from it. Don't get entangled again with it. Stay free. Now the only way you can be free is to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you've got it, and that's so easy to do. It's not based on you cleaning up your act. It's based on He shed His holy blood to cleanse you from all your sinful acts. Hallelujah. So bow your heads with me just for a moment. Praise be to God. And say, just think about, just think about. Now, Jesus, I'm so glad 